You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another special edition of the PowerCat podcast. As we don't give up on realignment, we go back to it because there's so many questions. You guys have so many questions, and we'll try to provide answers or speculate as best we can. Tim Fitzgerald and Zach Carlson here in the home studio, the GPC studio, and Ryan Wallace joins us from his home in Kansas City. Very interesting developments in the last few days. It's moving quickly, but I'll start with this. I did the morning talk show down in Wichita on KFH, and Jacob Albrecht started with just a brilliant question. Because he started to just ask me, what's the mood there in Manhattan? And I was kind of, my brain's like, what's the mood? What's the mood? And he goes, is it fair to describe it as puckered? And I thought, it's not a word I would have probably picked out, but that's a pretty good word to describe the Kansas State fan base right now, puckered. I think they feel a little more confident inside the athletic department about the future. And we'll get into all that with this edition of the PowerCat podcast. We ask you to ask us questions at Wabash Station. It's one of the privileges of being a member of GoPowerCat.com. And there's no time better than now to join GoPowerCat. We're growing. People are fascinated by this topic, and we are covering it from A to Z. Head on over to GPC, take a test drive for one month for one buck, and then become a full-on paying member with CBS All Access, now Paramount Plus Access in your back pocket, which is always nice to have that added streaming service as part of your membership once you're full-time, full payment with GoPowerCat and 24-7, you get that access. Well, guys, let's just dive into this sucker. Let's make this get going here. And Zach, you take over, and I haven't even really read the question, so let's just go. Starting off from Get Out More Cat, can you just spill your guts and or wildly speculate? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what guts there are to spill. Now, I was just telling the guys, I'll share it. I've, I've spoken with, I'm on the phone a lot. I'm having those moments now where your, your phone doesn't make it through mid-afternoon. You're having those kind of days. Uh, I spoke with someone this morning who said they think it's slowing down, that the initial panic of everything that's happened is going to slow down as we build some time here. And here's why. The Big 12 institutions, while panicking about losing their TV money and looking around at the horizon for other opportunities, are now realizing, hey, we've got a contract. It's through 24-25. What are we doing here? we got four more years of this contract that we should enforce. Because, Wally, I'll just take it to you on this point the best thing for oklahoma and texas now is have everyone panic and blow up the big 12 and they don't owe to owe a damn nickel and they head off to the sec yeah i mean that that's what those two schools are are praying for not because i i i don't think it's that they necessarily couldn't find the the money to to handle the exit fee but 
yeah, you definitely, if you're the Sooners and the Longhorns, don't want to pay it if you don't have to. Um, so, yeah, they're they're counting on either the Big 12 to go into panic mode and, and try and figure something out, um, whether that be expansion or, you know, just crumbling, uh, or looking for the Pac-12, the Big 10, the ACC, one of those conferences to make a move. And that, I think right now is what's keeping everyone on edge. You know, you were talking about things kind of calming down. I think from inside the big 12, things are, are kind of calming down, if you will, at least compared to the last 48 hours. But I think what's keeping everybody on pins and needles is, you know, who's going to be the next one to, to make a domino fall. It doesn't look like it's going to be the big 12 from an expansion standpoint, but you know, is it going to be the Pac-12? Is it going to be the Big Ten? Who's going to who's going to make that next move, and how much longer are we going to have to wait? Yeah, it's up to somebody else. You know, if it's the ACC going after West Virginia, Big Ten after Iowa State and KU, Pac-12 after literally anybody, I think the Pac-12, if they wanted to get to 16, would pretty much listen to anybody on the table. You know, so it's it's not really going to be the Big 12. I think it's it's going to be, you know, who's the the next aggressor when it comes to conference expansion? Because once the SEC's at 16, I think that, you know, the Big 10's probably going to want to be at 16, and they're going to want to have their first pick. So why not go after schools you want, especially schools in the Big 12 that meet your criteria? Um, you know, that's that's how I see it anyway. I don't think that the Big 12, like you said, is is going to expand quickly. And I know Fitz in the Daily Delivery, you said, you know, they should add them, you know, add, add Cincinnati, add UCF, add them now and make OU play with them and make Texas play with them for a couple of years. I, I agree with that, but I don't think that the Big 12 is going to end up doing that. They like the status quo, even if the status quo is, hey, in four years, Texas and OU were leaving. Well, my next question is, and I don't know the answer to this, <clears throat> excuse me, that last time we discussed all this, and I think it seems like it was 16 when Bowlesby and the Big 12 studied Cincinnati and all these other schools and then decided to stand pat with what they had. Now I'm told it was Texas said, oh, that's cute. You guys aren't expanding, uh, which is very Texas. I remember at the time they said, we have a, a clause in our contract in which if we want to expand two more schools to get back to 12, our rights fees go up so that ESPN has to pay us more. And I remember them saying, we didn't want to do that to ESPN. Well, I think that's all out the window now. Uh, doing whatever Texas wants, out the window. Being beholden to it, being a good partner to ESPN, well, screw them. They weren't a good partner to you. Um, I I can see the Big 12 saying, you know what, ESPN, we're going to enforce this clause, and we're also going to enforce this contract through its end. We're not going anywhere. If the if the institutions want to vote to disband after the contract ends, that's one thing. But the contract's in force, and you're going to pay us every dime of that through the end of this, unless you want to pay a big settlement just to get, get down the road. Uh, it's time for the Big 12 to be dicks. There's no other eloquent way to put this. You've been nice. You've been um, compliant. You've given in to what ESPN and other schools want. And that's got to end. If you have any hope of sustaining this conference, you got to push back. You got to start fighting. And that includes voting eight to two against the interest of Oklahoma and Texas if they're in the interest of the eight. 
just start asserting yourself. Texas gave up the ability to run this conference by saying they don't want to be in this conference, and you got to act accordingly. Hey, Zach, real quick, and, and stop me if I'm if I'm going to step on some future questions that are coming up, and not to go, you know, even more in depth on question one here, but. I'm just curious, and, and maybe we don't have to detail out the, the entire plan uh, individually that we have, but just since we recorded the last podcast, I'm going to throw this out. Have any of our initial kind of uh, gut ideas, if we were in the commissioner role of, of what we want to ha- have happen, have they changed at all for you guys? I think mine might have altered slightly, but for the most part, I think I'm still where I was a, f- a few days ago. For the most part, I, I'm I'm still where I was. I feel like I've changed. I was more, you need to jump on whatever boat comes at you, but, you know, come to find out, there might not have been as many boats as what was portrayed out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, You're going to be jumping out there without a life jacket. That's one of the minefields right now is uh, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, Kansas's talks at the Big Ten, and then a few days later, no, they, they never did it, actually have a conversation. Uh, their schools proposing stuff to the Pac-12. Well, maybe that didn't actually happen. The media is going to be dangerous, and that probably includes us. I mean, if it could set off a, a brush fire by reporting something that a source tells you that is more speculation on their end than fact. It could be uh, really detrimental to the conference. And I, I've said this on every media outlet that I've done. I think – Losing West Virginia to the ACC, the Big 12 will go on. Now, the question becomes, what does the ACC add if they add West Virginia? I mean, if it's not Notre Dame, does it become Central Florida, which would make sense. Um, But you can survive that. And honestly, you can survive TCU or Baylor doing something. I don't know what that'd be. I don't know what opportunity they would have. I don't know that they have any opportunities unless they're tied to other Big 12 institutions. But the core, the four remaining Big 8 schools and Texas Tech, those five schools, if someone flinches, and and look, I'm going to say it's both selfish and I understand why you would do it. If you're Kansas and you get a Big 10 offer, because that's the only thing out there that's going to equal out the money and give you long-term stability. If you get a Big 10 offer, it's I don't blame anyone for taking that. Pac-12 and ACC offers, I don't think it's going to get you to the same numbers, at least in the short term, particularly the ACC because they just negotiated a contract. I mean, I don't know if they're going to actually want to expand. So if someone flinches in that core five of the remaining eight, the conference is probably sunk. And I'm going to just say this. I don't think Iowa State has a chance in hell of getting into the Big Ten. Nope. I don't know why the Big Ten would want them. I understand they fit the criteria, and I understand they fit the footprint because they're already in the state of Iowa, the Big Ten. That's exactly why I don't think they'd want to add them. I think a wild card here is what if the Big Ten comes back around to Missouri and says, we want to bring you and Kansas in. I personally think Missouri will leave the SEC for the Big Ten. I do. I think they feel like outsiders. I feel like that hasn't culturally worked out for them the way they thought. So – there's going to be other dominoes falling, but I think where we're starting this podcast is at the point that I think the Big Eight slash Southwest Conference, I guess West Virginia in there too, schools that are remaining are like, let's slow down. Let's hold on. Let's not panic here. 
Our strength is our existing contract and our ability to enforce it. And if we jump to something different, whether it's the Pac-12 or there's a lot of talk about the American coming after everyone and renegotiating all their TV and trying to have a super conference, which would be great for basketball, not so much for football. But I think everyone's like, let's get through this contract. We got four more years of bags of gold that we don't have to give up just to find something that makes us more secure in the short term. We're secure in the four-year window. Beyond that's the question, not immediate. And let's and let's be real quick. Let's be honest here too, in the sense that, like you said, you know, we can't go on a whole lot of credible information just yet. But whereas maybe a couple of days ago, when you were talking about kind of what school might be the linchpin holding this kind of fort together, that's what's left of the Big Twelve, and we kind of thought maybe that might be West Virginia. That was my biggest concern a couple of days ago. Without a doubt, I think the linchpin keeping everything together, but also the one that kind of seems to be looking elsewhere or in another direction more so than those other groups is Kansas. But the blessing, I think, in disguise for the Big 12 is that Kansas's sights are purely set by everyone that I've spoken to anyway on the Big 10. And the good news is I don't think the Big 10 is is – I don't think Kansas would be necessary. Maybe their number one option. No. Um, so I think I think there's some time on the Big 12's hands to try and figure something out and keep KU, you know, kind of in the fold. Uh, I don't think the Big Ten's going to rush into that decision just yet. Uh, it's my understanding if the Big Ten can just pick and choose, which of course they can't. They want Virginia, North Carolina, it gives them large states, new ground. And great academic institutions, particularly Virginia, as one of the oldest institutions in the country. I think that's what they want to do. And if they poach a couple teams off of the ACC like they did in the past with Maryland, that's going to – dominoes will start falling on the East Coast. That might gobble up not just West Virginia, but other schools, the big – 12 might be interested in such as Central Florida, maybe Cincinnati. I don't know if academics would hurt them there. But you might see some of these candidates for Big 12 expansion and a member in West Virginia go to the ACC. And then that turns everything for me. If the West Virginia problem is off the table, it's lingered since day one with their invitation into this conference. They're on an island, and now more than ever, you need to solve that island. You need to tie them to the conference better. But if they're gone... I think the Big 12 would turn westward and look into some other markets because as we advance into this and the Pac-12 is in a better position right now, weird to say, than the Big 12 because they have a new leader, they have a new vision, they have new energy, but their contracts still suck. They still don't make the money of the other Power Fives. They're by far the lowest. It's been a horrible cable deal with these Fox Sports regional channels has been a disaster. At that point, if you're holding strong as a conference, maybe you can get into Arizona and Arizona State. You've got to get beyond this window of panic and weakness and start posturing like a real damn conference that's going to function without Oklahoma and Texas, who wants to be part of it. But... And Zach and Zach, I will. I promise we will get to questions here. <laughs> but the, the and you kind of segued it in to the the final point that I I really kind of 
started to fester in my brain the last couple of days about this this potential kind of the, the scenario of, of moving westward, whether it be, like you said, kind of adding Pac-12 schools or some sort of Pac-12, Big 12 merger type deal. There, there's a, an, a growing fear with me of, and I've seen it brought up uh, at other places, the athletic, um, I think Heather Denich and Adam Rittenberg from ESPN have, have kind of referenced this as a possible long-term scenario if things start moving into these, you know, power two, these mega super conferences. I, I hesitate about K-State somehow affiliating themselves out West because of of this whole idea of what the Big Ten has gone on record of saying that they're only interested in AAU universities. The Pac-12 has eight AAU universities. Only Oregon State, Washington State, and Arizona State are the only three universities in that conference that are not at an AAU standing. And so those two uh, leagues, if you remember back in, I want to say 2011, had already talked about some sort of merger for, you know, some sort of cross scheduling thing that was going to be a regular occurrence. And uh, they had talked to ESPN about doing some sort of TV deal. And at the last minute it fell through, there's a growing nerve with me about if things are trending towards that mega conference, if there's anybody that the big 10 is going to look to, to gobble up, it would be the PAC 12. And then is K state left in the same boat eight to 10 years from now as, as what we're sitting in right now as the PAC 12, that they've since joined gets raided um, and they're left with Oregon state, Washington state and Arizona state. So anyway, a thought. All good points. And you know, what's, what's interesting about it is Oregon state, Washington state, Kansas state, all land grant institutions, Arizona state, Arizona state, all land grant. And I almost feel like Mm -hmm. the AAU is, um, it's an old boys club right. that you got lucky getting in in 1908 or 1909 or whatever 100 years ago. It's a, it's a stupid club. That's yeah. all it is. It's a stupid club that you got lucky to get into. Iowa State was lucky to get into it in the 50s or whenever they got in. Yeah. It's just like nobody gets in. Like you have to be invited in. And I think three quarters of your uh, of the group of AAU schools have to vote you in. It's just it's the silly exclusive club where when it comes down to academics, it really doesn't matter that much. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. I see them staring down their nose at ag and and engineering schools, which is typical of land grant, which honestly pisses me off. I mean, what Kansas State offers in terms of education is very valuable to. Uh, a society, so that 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 angers me. I, I got to admit that. But are we getting to the point? And I know the Big Ten probably wants to keep that snoot in the air at their elite academics. Who the hell cares? <laughs> I, I know you're on a campus and you're chancellor, and you, they want to all sell cooperative research. Do you really need an athletic conference for cooperative research? Really? I mean, does that is that really that important? Where you can't. Uh, we can't cooperate with you because you're not in the Big Ten. I don't get that. And the Pac-12 has got the same kind of snooty attitudes about stuff. Um, I, I'm going to be blunt here. There's half of the Big Twelve or Pac-12 I don't want anything to do with. I think culturally it's a horrible fit for Kansas State. And I, I have heard that the Arizona schools are kind of fed up with some of the things going on on the West Coast in terms of uh, politics. And I'm sure Washington State would join them. Yeah, I, I 
you know, and I don't want this to be political, but when you have a state like California voting to ban travel to states with which they don't agree, that causes problems. I mean, how would the Pac-12 expand into Texas when their their state has said you can't travel there on state funds? Well, how do you go there? So there's a lot of things that are going to have to be straightened out here. But my preference would be to pull some teams out of the Pac-12, not join the Pac-12. Because honestly, uh, with Texas and Oklahoma gone, it's harder to sell. But it's also an easier sell to a USC to say, it's your conference. You want to you want to your own network? Well, you can have it with us. You know, you can you can do that unless the Big 12 decides they're going to share all rights. So I think the Big 12 actually has some things to sell here, some freedoms and some stability. If you join, we're going to be more stable. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just going to end with this before we let Zach do another question. I, I'm there's a strange part of me, guys. It's almost relieved. I'm so tired of Texas. I'm just tired of it. It's like an abusive relationship, but you can't leave them because you lose your royal status if you do. I mean, it's it's just it's miserable being in a conference with Texas. Hey, it'd be best for us other eight schools if we went back to 12. We'd like that security. And it's being proven why they wanted that security right now. And Texas banned it, barred it, stopped it every chance they could. Number one, because they didn't want to get outvoted. They had the votes to block anything they wanted to. They didn't want to bring in new members that could vote against their interests. And two, and I truly now believe it, they knew they had the rest of the conference by the balls. And they just squeezed them. There we go. We're Texas. Our last act as a member of the Big 12 is going to be screwing all of you over. Thanks for being our business partners. Moving on, finally, to the dot two. Is KU going to sooner us? Wally, do you blame anyone if they get a really, really good offer for going at this point? No. I don't. I don't. And here's the only thing that would upset me. If I get wind of another one of the eight institutions knifing one of the other institutions, bad-talking them, trying to block them from getting into something, then I got a problem. But if you're just looking out for your interests and saying, hey, guys, I know we said we're going to save the Big 12, but the Big 10 just called and asked me out on a date, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break up with you and go with them. I don't blame them. I just don't. I mean – there's, there's a level of survival here that I totally get, and you're looking at long-term things. And honestly, if you lose Power 5 status, you lose the money that you need to operate your athletic department at the levels that it's being operated at, your whole standing in the, your university is going to drop. It just does. It's a, that's the power of athletics, and that's why I don't get the whole tie-in with AAU stuff. I just don't get it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The the one hope that I would have, um, and some K State fans <laughs> may laugh at may laugh at this, but I I do think it, the hope, if you're whether it's K State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, is that if KU were to become serious in the conversations that they're having with the Big Ten, that they would at least have the common courtesy um, to notify the, the remaining members of the Big Twelve. Uh, of what was kind of impending, um, uh, what was kind of coming down the pike and, and kind of keeping them abreast of the situation. Maybe you don't have to give them every single detail. Maybe you don't need to give them, you know, a, 
a two week notice, um, you know, that you're going to move on or anything like that. I understand there's, there's business in all of this, but at least, you know, a little bit more common courtesy than we saw from Texas and Oklahoma that were allegedly doing this for the better part of a year. You know what I mean? Exactly. I totally agree. And doesn't KU, well, K-State or KU, don't they need permission from the Board of Regents to try? Uh, That's a good point. I think you're right. Getting permission? I thought I saw that in a tweet yeah. the other day. Yeah. I, or, or today. I, no, I think that is true. And I know that last time around the board tied them together. I, I don't, I'm not in favor of that. Let's not, let's not go there. I mean, I know that works better for it protects K-State, but come on. And let's let's just be realistic. The worst thing about this was the um, the treachery here. I mean, you have two conference members going behind your back with your existing TV partner to try to destroy you for their own best interest. And trust me, ESPN, and I, I, I don't have any evidence of this, but it's obvious what they're doing. They're trying to solve their financial issues with rights fees by destroying a conference to which they pay rights fees. One less mouth to feed. What we increase anyone else's rights fees won't be, won't equal out. And we won't have another negotiation. We'll, we'll cut down on one less negotiation. And I really believe ESPN is conspiring to try to form a super mega league they have apparently put out overtures to Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Clemson, USC, UCLA. If they do that, college football will never be the same. Um, I'm for a mega conference, like a mega, you know, a, a, a league, a step above. But you can't do it by invitation. And I have said that from day one. If you start picking your winners and losers like that, you are going to get sued into oblivion. And that's what's next. I expect the Big 12, if they've grown a set, to start filing some lawsuits. You have conspired to destroy our business, and you can't do that. So it's going to get really nasty, and it's time for the Big 12 to get nasty. And But, oh, you can't sue ESPN. It's your business partner. Are they? Are they really the business partner after they've done this, when they've clearly attempted to rid themselves of the Big 12. They tried it 10 years ago or whatever it was, and they're back at the table trying it again. I, I don't know how they can get away with this um, over the long term without the federal government or the courts stepping in. To finish off the question, what, do you, what would you guys put the percentage of, uh, as we sit here today, knowing whatever it is that we know, the, the percentage that you would put on KU Make making a move to the Big Ten. Uh, I, personally, I think it's. I think KU would like to think that it's maybe as high as a coin flip, like fifty percent. Uh, I'm I'm lower than that, but not by a ton. I'm I'm saying maybe thirty percent. That it happens, or that KU actually wants to go. That it happens. I'd go fifty. Really, I yeah, think I, I think it's a coin flip. I, I think KU wants to think it's seventy five percent. Well, that's what I was going to say when I backed off. KU wants to think it's 90%. We're KU. I mean, they've always – they are a good academic institution. I'm not denying it. But they've always thought of themselves as the Harvard of the Plains, and they're not. They're just not. They've got a great medical and law school. There's no doubt about it. They fit the AAU thing, all that. But you expand for football, so that's the question. I mean, 
is their basketball really that good that you want to bring that football program in? Or bringing in the football program guarantees your existing members will get a lot of wins. And that's another factor here. You gain a market, you gain uh, a name, you gain um, a great basketball program, and you may get a bunch of wins for your existing members. I know Nebraska would love to play KU again. It might solve some of their problems. But I think in reality, we're looking at a mirror image of whatever chance I said. It, it might be one in four. It might be 10% because of this. <clears throat> they need a second team. They're not going to go to 15. They've already been at an odd number with Penn State. It's just a mess. The only thing that uh, is worse than 14 is an odd number. So I, I can see the Big Ten saying, yeah, KU, we like you, but Virginia and North Carolina are are kind of balking right now. They want to get through their contracts. And, and Iowa State, well, they're just not – quite where we want them to be in terms of what they bring to the table. I I can see the Big Ten saying maybe in four or five years, but not right now. And then mm-hmm. and then at that point, if you rebuild the Big Twelve, maybe it just becomes kind of moot. Like, oh the Big Twelve's doing really well now. Our football program's up and running a little bit. You know, we're we're gonna stay here. We still got power five status, we still got money. I don't know. You just you change the context of the conversation over the next two, three years. Next question is from KSU Man. What are your thoughts on how our administration is handling this compared to the other Big 12 universities? I am uh, I'm glad they put out some statement. Now, Finally. Gr- granted, the statement didn't say a damn thing, but that's all fans wanted to know is, hey, folks, we got this. We're We're on it. Don't worry. That's all they want to know. You can't go days after something catastrophic without saying a darn thing to your fan base. And that's not exactly true with K-State. I don't know if you uh, you peons that might be listening to this this show uh, know this, but they did have a, a teleconference with some of the big donors. Again, K-State, you continue to tell your ticket holders they don't count as much as your big donors. And I know they don't. They know the reality. The big donors pay the bills. They they give the money for the scholarship fund. We know that. But don't continually devalue your common fan. And I'm going to turn it over to Ryan Wallace. Like the Shamrock Zone. Hey, we're building this great thing. This thing's wonderful. It's incredible. It's going to be amazing. Oh, is it, we're going to have an open house. And by the way, on game days, if you want to come in, you got to donate $10,000 and $100 a game. Thanks for visiting, little peon fans. Now leave this fine facility before you get it all muddy. I feel like that's the message they keep sending. And now they're scrambling around Manhattan with refill the bill because people aren't buying tickets. Why should they? You have told them over and over they're not as important as other fans. Yeah, don't don't get me started on the Shamrock Zone. Um, <laughs> again, I, I think small small detour here. Uh, I think it's great, uh, and and but at the same time, I feel like as you said, without getting into the weeds with it, uh, you know, having the suites and and the loges and and all that stuff is is absolutely great for. Uh, the betterment of Kansas State athletics, yep. but at least you know when you had the West Stadium Center. Uh, again, I felt like when that was being constructed and when that was being you know unveiled and developed and all that stuff, it was pretty clear like this is going to be for suites. Um, for whatever reason, maybe I'm just an idiot, 
that didn't come across the Audrey. same way with the shamrock zone. Um, and so I think there, it just took some people by surprise and, and whatnot, but getting back to the question, uh, I think you nailed it fits. I think for me, it was, um, if you're going to wait that long, uh, th- let me, I'll, I'll say it this way. The statement they put out was something that could have been said Friday. Yep. Um, and so when you wait to say that Monday, you would expect that the Monday statement would have uh, some something else added to it. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the message that, that Texas Tech put out. It, it covered kind of all the bases that K-State's message said, but added a couple other factors of, you know, oh, by the way, you know, we have, uh, what was it, a 40,000-plus enrollment, and oh, by the way, we're – this level institute kind of very subliminal messaging of, of just putting out who Texas tech is while also saying, don't worry, we've got this covered, which I kind of liked, um, covered all the bases. Whereas K States wasn't as, you know, showy, I guess. Um, I, I almost wish K state would, would brag a little bit more in the case that there are other conferences out there looking at these messages and that sort of thing. But you know, do I think that the administration is doing more than fans believe on the backside? Yes. Um, do I wish that they would at least um, put off the facade that, that, you know, we're going to share more with you? Yes. Uh, you don't have to give us all the details, but again, just putting out some sort of message on Friday that, hey, we're listening to you. We've got this covered. Would have been nice. Um, waiting until Monday to basically say what should have been said last week. Um, not not so nice. So they're, they can find a little bit more of a happy medium. I, I think things will be fine. But um, by no stretch of the imagination do I think that, you know, the, the higher ups at K-State are just sitting back in lawn chairs and enjoying a cocktail. I, I think they're, they're, there's more being done than, than most of us know. Yeah, they had more than 72 hours to put out more than what they said yesterday. Yes. It's just kind of, you know, when you see what the Oklahoma State president and administration has said, you know, last week and then yesterday, you know, it escalates. They keep escalating their stance and their position, and it's becoming, you know, more hardline there. K-State's just kind of along for the ride. And that's that is exactly – it sums up how, you know – probably k-state fans feel right now well we're just along for the ride that's all it is if you're oklahoma state this is much more personal oh yeah i mean i get it and and i love the new president she's just hammering away and you know if you're a texas school you're probably scrambling because you've been texas's little brother your entire life and now your little brother's going off to college and you don't know how to handle it um so i i get that uh but while you make a really good point Folks, if you haven't seen the story, which is at GoPowerCat.com, it's probably sliding down the page a little bit right now. It's the resume of Kansas State, the argument why they should be in another Power 5 institution. Some of that information, I think, would have been very helpful in that press release because these press releases have been picked up around the conference and around the nation and read. I think they should be communicating the fact that, hey, we're not little old K-State. We're mm-hmm. third in this conference in total wins since its inception, only behind Oklahoma and Texas. We're the most successful football program in this grouping of eight that remains. And oh, by the way, our TV ratings are some of the highest of the eight 
programs. So it's not about markets. It's about actually engaged fans. It's not about just random people that turn on your TV. It's about your fans that turn on the TV every damn time. And I think the Alumni Association stat, which we've wandered away from bragging about, and I think it's significant in this argument right now, they have the most, the highest percentage of alumni in their Alumni Association of any institution in the conference. And I think they said it's now five in the Power Five. So you can talk about TV markets all you want. You can talk about the vast number of alumni you have, but if they're not engaged in your athletic department and watching your games, does that really matter? And and I know that Kansas State isn't a national brand, but neither is Tech or Oklahoma State or any of the remaining schools. Kansas in basketball, national brand. Oklahoma, Texas, national brands. Everyone else, no, not really. Not really. TCU isn't even a Fort Worth brand. Houston isn't a Houston brand. So if the Pac-12 is going to fall for the trick that honestly the Big 12 did, that that TCU would somehow secure the Dallas-Fort Worth market, that doesn't happen. They have problems getting fans to games. They have atrocious attendance at times, and they lean heavily on the numbers that come in because – Fort Worth's a fun place for Oklahoma fans and Baylor fans and Texas fans and all those other fans to go visit and go fill up that stadium. But they're not their fans. When they're really good, people show up. There's probably more Texas alums in the DFW area than there are TCU alums alive. I have no argument against that. And and Houston fans, well, I don't know how engaged they actually are in their athletic department. I think those are the things that needed to go into this press release instead of one paragraph. Hey, it's okay. We got this. And we trust the leadership. That was a line that bothered me. Don't trust the leadership. Say, we're going to be leaders. We, we want to step up and do what we can to save this conference while looking out for the best interests of Kansas State. The poor leadership of the Big 12 have you putting out press releases right now. The only reason you're putting out a press release is because someone was asleep at the switch and the train (laughs) just went off the rails. That's the only reason you're putting out a press release. Bob Bullsby is completely neutered at this point. What he stood at the podium and said at Big 12 Media Days less than two weeks ago is now pure comedy. It's pure comedy because he either believed it or he lied to everyone. Either way, you can't keep him around. Keep him on as a consultant because he's done a lot of research in this. But go find your Churchill. Go find someone that's going to piss people off, chew on a cigar, and say things that are not as politically correct as you want, but is going to lead you to a better existence as a commissioner. That's just my thought. Let's take a break right now on the PowerCat Realignment Podcast. What are we calling this thing? You have to make a new graphic. I know. Oh, God, I got work to do. We'll be right back after this short break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to this PowerCat Breaking Podcast. As we continue to monitor the latest news and Big 12 realignment, college realignment, how it impacts Kansas State for our subscribers and all K-State fans across the purple world. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson here in the Manhattan studio. And Ryan Wallace joins us from his uh, his mansion, I think it is, in uh, Kansas City because he's the king of recruiting. Yeah. My kids think it's a mansion. Yeah. Well, it should be. That's a, that's how kids view their home. Let's dive right back into your questions from Wabash Station. And remember, if you're not subscribing to GoPowerCat.com, it is now the time to do it. Get that special of one buck for your first month. Come give us a test drive, and I think you're going to like what we do. We do a lot of free stuff at GoPowerCat, but the best stuff is behind that paywall for our subscribers, and I think you'll like it. Zach, take it away. From El Camino Cat, do you believe the grant of rights is ironclad? Yeah. I mean, Maryland tested it. Maryland tried to get out of theirs, and they lost in court. So I, Didn't I, they, take, they took a reduced payment, though. They yeah, were given a reduced they, they eventually buyout. negotiated because they were going to lose. And I think the conference has decided, let's just get this done. Yeah, it's, it's pretty ironclad. Good luck trying to get out of it. Uh, and that's, that's why the Big 12 needs to... Be resolute in stating, hey, we ain't going anywhere, brother. We're right here. We have this contract. Wave it in their face, and we're going to enforce it. Texas and Oklahoma, for the next four years, you're going to go see a lot of horns down, and OU sucks everywhere you go. Your life is going to be miserable. And by the way, when we invite teams in, we're going to make sure you go there. You're going to have to go visit those stadiums. We're going to make sure those games are on highest profile TV as possible as you boost the awareness of the new members of around the country that who's in the Big 12 now. You're going to play a role in saving the Big 12, even though you've conspired to destroy it. I feel like Texas and Oklahoma are going to find a way to get out as far as the TV stuff goes, where it's through 2025. I just have a hunch that they're going to get antsy to, to get to the SEC and they'll find a way. But as Fitz said, and this goes back to my the first question and where we talked about it, have any of our scenarios altered a little bit? I still would love to see, you know, the Big 12's remaining members expand, but I'm thinking maybe they they kind of wait to do that um, and try and try and keep these eight together for the purposes of getting as much money as they can out of Oklahoma and Texas. Um, because, you know, as Fitz said, the minute that the Big 12 dissolves, 
you're not going to get any of that money. And so make them pay whatever exit fee they need to pay. Um, and then try and get as much revenue uh, as you can just to kind of give yourself a, a cushion for what's to come in the future. Um, and, and I, I think that that's, that in turn has become kind of my, my best case scenario, but you know, to get back to the grant of rights thing, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit more ironclad than than maybe some want to believe. What I'm curious about is at what point does the grant of rights collapse? If you have two teams leave and they pay, you know, whatever, you know, if if more teams leave after that, at what point, how many schools remaining to the grant of rights, if they're hanging on by a thread, hanging on for dear life, if you're K-State and let's say you're you're left out, Pac-12 not coming, Big Ten not coming, ACC not coming, you know, whatever. You know, can you hold on to that contract saying, hey, everybody, you got to pay us because we are still the Big 12 conference, even though we're all by ourselves. Yeah, I'll, let me you know? look, look that up, what what the voting I've, – I've seen it, it seems like, what the vote needs to be to disband the conference, which is what Oklahoma and Texas want. They want the conference disbanded so they don't have to pay anyone anything. If you don't have a Big 12, you don't have granted rights contracts in place. And I – I know Oklahoma, Texas don't want to stay, so uh, you got to force them to stay as long as you can until you get the most money out of them. And here's another problem I have with Bob Bowlesby: What the hell was that offer? We'll we'll give you a share and a half if you don't leave us. Now I'm not against the idea, but that's your that's your first negotiation offer. What? Uh, I don't. That was a. a a sign of weakness again from this conference. Mm-hmm. Quit being pathetic, man. Say, look, we want you to stay. We're gonna we're gonna enforce the the contracts we have. We're gonna pursue legal channels about if anything was done here and collude, colluding to damage our business. Uh, but you're gonna stay, and if you want to leave early, uh, start throwing out numbers. To, you know, we want to hear how much you're willing to pay because we plan on getting the full amount of money. If you're going to make that much more money than the SEC, this should be no problem for you to go ahead and pay us off for two years of your rights. You know, good. let's start at $80 million a piece to get out of the last two years. That sound good? Maybe $100 million, you know, because you're damaging us. Let's do that. Come on, guys, man up. Be tougher than this. I don't I don't understand the Big 12 at all. Why are you such wussies? Why are you always the victim? Stop. Stop. I think that's what makes people the most angry is because they've been held hostage now twice in a 10, 12-year period by this nonsense. And it's all because you're just too trusting. Next question's from TNCAT. What are the better odds the remaining eight stay together and add four teams? K-State ends up in the Pac-12 or a group of six league is where K-State ends up. I don't have my crystal ball here. I think if K-State really gets serious about needing to argue that it can get into another conference, it'll get into another conference. I, I don't give two shits about what Kirk Bowles in Austin, Texas thinks about K-State and they're going to be left out. Because Kirk Bowles doesn't has never liked Manhattan or K State, and what what's it matter that a writer from Austin, Texas, is is saying KU's going to get in the Big Ten and K State's going to get left out? I don't, Kirk. I don't give a shit what you have to say. Now, I, you're not an unbiased news source in this, and boy, am I seeing that from Texas media playing the victim card on 
the, oh, the Big 12 never treated us right. Shut up, man. Just shut up. I think K-State's going to be overall fine. And uh, they are working diligently to limit the damage. Because, folks, there's going to be damage. There's no scenario of adding teams to the Big 12. Even if it's Nebraska, Missouri, Arizona, and Arizona State, I don't think that contract evens out to what you get because of Texas. Just the way it's been. If you listen to Life of Fitz podcast with Weefold, whatever Texas wanted, we did it. And, I mean, that's what life was like. So it's never going to be the same. Um, but try to find – this is just a lesson in life. And believe me, this is how I'm getting by. Just try to find, oh, this is the new reality. What's the best I can make of this? You don't get to always choose what your reality is going to become. Make the best of what you have. And if that is you get relegated to the Mountain West, if you want to use that term, you end up in the Mountain West, your money drops, you're still probably going to go to games. And I know you K-Staters, you're going to pick some of those towns and you're going to overrun them the first time or two that your team goes to Vegas or San Diego State or wherever else. Fort Collins, certainly. You're going to overrun those towns because that's what you do. So... I don't know where they're going to end up, but I know this. After the sting is done and the budgets are adjusted and the new reality sets in, K-Staters are going to make the best of it because that's what that's what you do. Sometimes it doesn't rain, but you still got to tend to the fields and see after the animals. You still got to take care of business. I mean, between the three options, I know I don't really want to see K-State in a group of six league, but if you think about it from a football standpoint, on the field, competition, if the eight stay together and you add four teams, you're probably not adding Nebraska or any power five team. As, as fun as it is to think that Texas A&M would be so pissed that they would leave the SEC because of what Texas has done to go join the Big 12 again, as hilarious as that would be, it's not going to happen. Um, well, if but, that happens, you lose Oklahoma State. Yeah. I think that's what the it's SEC true. is. Okay, we'll just take Oklahoma State, too, and then you're kind of back in the same spot. Texas A&M would never do that because then the reality of, oh, we're not worth nearly as much as Texas yeah. in a contract would be right there in hard exactly. numbers. Um, but if, if the eight stay together, um, if the eight stay together, uh, K-State's in a conference where they don't have OU, they don't have Texas, and you got Cincinnati, UCF, whatever – competition standpoint you should have a better chance at winning the conference at least how it currently stacks up you could say the same in a group of six league if k-state goes and there's not very many big 12 schools that join them you can probably win your conference there and then if you end up in the pac-12 that's probably the worst but at the same time you look at what the pac-12 is right now you'd think k-state would fare pretty well based on what the current status is of that conference. So at least from a competition standpoint, those three options don't really sound all that different to me, especially if a group of six team has a seat at the table when it comes to an expanded playoff, as long as there's a seat there and as, and really ideally, as long as the conference that K state would be in has a seat, you know, I think that's all it's going to take. K stays will make the best of it. They want the best possible. They're not going to settle, but when it's all the dust does settle, they're they're going to accept what the reality is and make the most of it. And if you end up in the Mountain West or AAC, be the big bad wolf in that conference. 
because at 12 teams in a playoff, if the SEC is not on track to try to form a super conference that is above all that, which will just destroy college football as we know it, if not, then uh, you're going to be in that playoff. Moving on, next question. Actually, I think this is the final question that we're going to ask here on this podcast. From Eric Schneid, if the reports are true that the remaining eight are planning on going after bigger American athletic conference schools like Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, is there actually a desire from those schools to join our sinking ship? It's a big question. That's a legitimate question. It's it's a good question. If the um, money's there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if the money's there. I, here's what's amazing. Even if half the money's there, yeah, it's, yeah. We were talking about this before we rolled. Uh, if you invite in Cincinnati and Central Florida and they don't have another offer, Central Florida might be included in an uh, ACC expansion. But if, if, if you can get them in, uh, a half share until Texas and Oklahoma leave or to the end of this contract is so much better than what they have as a full share from the American I'd even say after the 20, the, whatever the next contract is, the 2025 contract, whatever contract you get there, you should still have them reduced. And it's still bigger than what they'd be making in a different conference. So uh, the, the good news is there are plenty of candidates out there. I mean, if, if Central Florida says no, that stings. But maybe you say, OK, we're just going to go with Memphis, Houston and, and Colorado State. You know, it's not as good, but OK. in Cincinnati. Maybe that's where you go with this if, if it comes apart. Um, I personally wouldn't invite Houston, at least not with the first group of four. Uh, I'm kind of done with Texas. I'm just kind of done with it, guys. I, let's let's bring in Memphis. Let's bring in South Florida and have two schools in there for football recruiting purposes. Cincinnati is a must to me. And then, you know, if you want to go west, I, I love the, the WeFold plan. Uh where you invite in BYU and the academies for football only. The problem with BYU, as someone's pointed out to me, is that, remember, they can't compete on Sundays. It doesn't impact football, but a lot of other sports then are really limited in their scheduling because of BYU. Okay, well, then this solves it. Just invite them in for football along with the academies, uh, which have very, very strong and deep, loyal fan base because it's, it's military. I mean, it's obvious. So maybe that's what you do. Maybe just invite BYU in for just football anyhow. I don't know, but you're going to make this work. They'll make this work. They'll figure this out. I'm anti-Memphis until they build a stadium. They absolutely cannot join the Big 12 with the Liberty Bowl. I think I – think, well, The Liberty Bowl shouldn't even be a Big 12 bowl game. Based on that stadium. Yeah, Wally, you you certainly growing up with Memphis as part of your fans, your your family's fandom, can answer this. But I think Memphis joining the Big 12, they wouldn't be in the first wave. If you had two teams, it wouldn't be Memphis. Um, I think it would be incumbent on them agreeing to build a football stadium, you know, even if it's. 45,000 seats. Something 35. New. Yeah, who cares? Something new that can be upgraded if you could grow the product. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and I've been keeping, you know, close pulse on um, what's been coming out of Memphis throughout all of this. And and obviously they're very hopeful. Um, you know, my father's a graduate and, and he still talks to um, some old college buddies of his that are very dialed in. Um, with athletics and and some well thought of donors and uh, the thought down there is that Fred Smith the the owner of FedEx 
has kind of already stepped up to the plate and say, I will do whatever my money and whatever my power can, can get us. So, you know, no doubt about it. Fred Smith is going to be, you know, right there with the president and, and athletic director who happens to be Laird Beach, um, you know, knocking on the door, trying to get Memphis in. But, you know, as a loyal Memphis guy, I've been a Memphis fan longer than a K-State fan because it's been since birth. Um, the stadium's horrendous. And, and until they can figure some way to get because it, it's on city property is the problem. Um, and so they have to work with the city to do anything with that stadium. Hence why it's just been falling apart for years. Um, but in addition to that, I think the other thing that's lingering um, on the negative side with Memphis is that they're not an, an R1 you know, research institution. Um, if you look at the AAC, Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida, South Florida, Temple, and Tulane um, of the non-academy, because I would assume Navy would be one, are, are at the R1 level. Um, Memphis is not. And so that's another thing that's going to hinder uh, the Tigers' chances. As far as getting back to the question, um, I don't know if I agree necessarily with the the trend um, out there, or the buzz that the Big 12 is going to expand. Everything that, that I've kind of been reading lately um, is where I'm starting to gravitate towards as being the best scenario, and that's that the, it just is the Big 8 um, for the foreseeable future because uh, that allows the remaining members to reap the rewards, if you will, financially um, rather than taking some revenue hit uh, by going to the PAC 12 um, or trying to expand immediately with AAC members that then dilutes your distribution. If you just stay with eight for a couple years, obviously you are not building yourself a strong foundation. And I think the, the existing members would know that, you know, that eventually they would have to do something to expand. But like I said, for the immediate future, at least you can kind of throw some money in your back pocket, you know, and really load up for the years to come where, you know, you might have to um, take a, a small deficit or something like that. And, um, you know, I think that that to me is kind of the buzz. One interesting caveat that I uncovered, guys, and kind of my research over the last couple of days is if whether because I've also seen this idea that the American conference might be the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And that that the that they might try and lure Big Twelve teams into you know their tent because you know as the posters point out maybe the Big Twelve we look at it as a power brand but maybe everything that's happened over the course of the last week now has kind of diminished um, you know it, it's an uneasy brand that, that maybe people don't want to go to maybe you want to draw from it um the american conference actually requires a 27 month notice to exit the league and it would be a 10 million dollar exit fee so again i think if you get back to that idea of okay we're going to stay with the quote big 8 and just try and get a you know pile up money for the next year or two until oklahoma and texas just say to hell with this we're going to pay whatever we need to get the hell out of here you know then maybe that 10 million per you know, per uh, team that you would want from the AAC, that's like chump change at that point because you've been kind of stockpiling amongst yourselves for at least a year or two. Um, that's easy to, to help those 
those schools pay off. Uh, and, and by the way, if you have a donor or a booster like Fred Smith, they'll happily pay the 10 million themselves. Um, and there might be, you know, donors like that at UCF and Cincinnati that would be happy to do that too. Because as Zach said, you know, those schools are going to want to jump. If it guarantees them getting into, you know, some autonomy, getting into that, the AQ level, which I think if you're picking, handpicking the schools that we've been talking about all along, I think that you'll still get the vote of being an automatic qualifier and staying at the power five level. Um, they're going to jump no matter what, but at least in a way, I think there's a plan that if the big 12 wants to do a big eight for the next say two years, while also on the side talking of, you know, getting that 27th month notice to the AAC that, Hey, by the way, we're going to steal these guys from you, but we're also going to keep getting the revenue from our big 12 contracts. I think that's the win-win. And then I, I think that, yeah, that absolutely will keep those group of five players wanting to come and, and join the big 12 at that stamp at, from that standpoint where you don't have to go um, and go under their umbrella and become an AAC member. Uh, Wally, I now have a second demand of Memphis. Um, one, you got to have a new stadium and two, uh, and I'm, I'm really committed to this now that I've thought of it. Fred Smith must legally change his name to T Boone packages. <laughs> if you want to be in the big 12 and T Boone passed away, we need a new T Boone in the conference. Fred, you're now T Boone packages. Uh, here is the American football conference and Wichita state it's in for basketball. You know, that, that, that might be a little hard for K-State and KU to swallow if there's a merger involved. Cincinnati, East Carolina, Houston, Memphis, Navy, SMU, South Florida, Temple, Tulane, Tulsa, Central Florida. So there's only a, a few schools that I kind of turn my nose up at within that. I, I don't know that East Carolina and Temple and, and Tulsa, SMU particularly, really bring that much to the conference. Tulane um, if academics is important, that those are your guys right there. Um, so I can see some of that, but overall, I just can't imagine a, a straight up merger. I, not the whole conference. Um, I think the other. I think schools would be scrambling to find something better. I can see Baylor, TCU, K State, Iowa State, maybe. But I, I think at that point, you're looking at Tech and Oklahoma State joining the Pac-14. If that's what's on the table, it, they just the money's not there. If they can show that the money's going to be there, that's great. But you you're still got this lineup, and what you're adding, even if K State's involved, ain't going to raise the profile that much. It's just not. It's the way it's going to be. Number one, I think the Big Twelve members need to fight and to maintain that Power Five level, even if Oklahoma and Texas leave the conference. Try to take it away from us. Try. We're not going to go along with it. And it'll just make it easier for them to say, okay, you can keep it. And then if you can keep your Power 5 status, that ups the uh, worth of your TV package right there because those games really have a huge impact on the playoffs. So uh, I can maybe see that happening. And, and honestly, guys, if you put together a conference minus Texas and uh, Oklahoma, and we're seeing Iowa State elevate. I think K-State's going to get back there. Um, I, I feel like West Virginia's on track. Tech might be on track. Um, you bring in Cincinnati, Central Florida, Memphis, and someone else, and maybe Houston, 
is your football product really that bad? I don't think it is. Particularly if you bring these teams into a major conference. We've seen TCU elevate. We've seen Utah elevate. Utah's really elevated. They're the poster child of what happens if you go from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. How much your profile raises, your budget raises, and your expectations and performance on the field get raised. Because they've been really good in the Pac-12. And, and I think there are lessons there to learn from that, that you got to stop looking at things in the moment and what will they be down the road. And maybe in this case, when you put it that way, it's bad news that the profile of all the other eight will shrink without Oklahoma and Texas. I just don't really believe that the nation only watched Big 12 games because of Oklahoma and Texas. I remember a number of years ago, not a number, but, you know, a few years ago, the KUK State basketball game in Manhattan, I believe was, I can't remember the season, but I believe was the highest rated ESPN basketball game of the regular season. Well, how is that possible based on markets? That's not possible. People watch good product. You know, if if there's something in it for them, if they know they're going to see K-State or KU in the tournament, or they know that they're possibly going to be, their conference is going to be playing against a Southeastern team in football playoff, they'll watch it. If they got something there at stake, they'll watch it. If you put a good product out there, they'll find you and they'll watch it. Will the numbers ever be the same? You're never going to replace Texas. Never, ever, ever going to replace Texas. I'm not sure Notre Dame replaces Texas. But I think what you said there, Fitz, is why this plan that seems to be growing momentum makes sense because of what you said about looking at things through the long-term picture. You know, adding Cincinnati and Memphis, Houston, whomever, uh, immediately doesn't doesn't really do you any good um, um, from from a financial standpoint anyway. But every single wh- wherever you read this this kind of scenario, whether it be CBS, you know, the twenty four seven network, uh, whether it be the Athletic, ESPN, whomever, they all sit, come to the agreement that, gosh dang it, this would be a fun con fun conference, whether it be football, whether it be basketball, it would be fun because it would be balanced and competitive on both of the major sports. And so I think if, again, if the big eight can find a way to kind of stockpile some money in the immediate future, knowing that when they do expand and add some of these AAC schools, that it is going to be a little bit of a drop. You're going to have to share the money a little bit. Um, It's not going to be as enticing to a TV market. But then if you give it two to three years of fans, not only of those schools, but across the country, realizing, God, this Big 12, this new Big 12 is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Now you can go back to those TV distribute, distributors and say, see how, see how good this conference is? And again, you're not going to get back to Texas level. Uh, old Big 12 level revenue, but I guarantee you you're going to be able to restructure at a higher level. And I think if you're looking at things through that long-term picture, which it sounds like maybe the, the big eight ADs are now starting to see that rather than kind of jumping off the cliff, I, I really don't think it's that bad of a plan. And again, it, it solves the issue that seems to be the, the biggest one on our message boards, which is staying at the power five level. I think, I think it, it, absolutely solidifies that and you won't take near the revenue cut that I think a lot of people imagine. Yep. I agree with all that. And I would say this, no divisions. I, 
you got to go to, and all conferences need to do this. Divisions divide you. I mean, they do. It's not been good for the Big Ten. It's not been good for the SEC, some of those old rivalries. you got to go to scheduling quads. Even at 12, excuse me, even at 12, you go to scheduling quads because you play everyone in your quad. There's three games, and you play three opponents in every other quad. There you go. you got nine games. Or, Or is your play to tell a TV partner, we're going to play 11 conference games. Crazy. Crazy. We're not going to give you any Indiana States. We're not going to give you any FCS games or maybe even any, um, I can't even think, pull the conference out, MAC games, whatever you want to say. We're going to continue to play like maybe Missouri in the non-conference or Washington State in the non-conference, and we're going to play all our games in the league. And that gets back to the WeFold plan that he proposed to the Big 12 that I didn't like. I still don't like it. Um, but now you wonder if they'd done it, where would they be? And that was to play all your non-conference games between the Pac-12 and Big 12. It doesn't work for mm-hmm. USC. They're not giving up Notre Dame. But, you know, when you stop and think about it, there's only 10 teams here and 12 teams there. You would have a few extra games that maybe a USC could continue to play in Notre Dame. So... If you can do whatever you need to do to raise the value of your product, and maybe that is a lot of cross-scheduling, or maybe it is more conference games, which I think get monotonous. I think you've got a danger there if you have your schedule basically the same every year. But don't divide the league. Don't say, hey, you guys are out east, and this is the this is the old traditional Big 12. Maybe you have West Virginia and Cincinnati and Central Florida, and I would have I'm just I'm all in on South Florida, but or Memphis into that uh, Eastern pod, and then a Texas pod, and an old Big Eight pod with Oklahoma State, KUK State, and Iowa State. Schedule away, and and that way you're playing the teams in your neighborhood every year. You just are, and then maybe you have a constant opponent in the other league, the other pod. So if you're Oklahoma State, you're gonna play Tech every year. K State's gonna play TCU every year. However, you want to stack it up. It's time for the Big 12, as we wrap up this special edition of the PowerCat Podcast, to get busy living, man. I know you just went through a bad breakup, and they just sent you the final text saying, no, it's over on Monday. Now figure out what your future's about, because your slate just got wiped clean, and now you got to find a way to make the best possible future for your institutions, or in some cases, for yourself. Just go do that. Get aggressive, get mean, and get some leadership that's willing to to bear their teeth a little bit to show that we're done taking shots. We're done. We're going to stand up for what we've got, who we are, and we were never, ever just in this conference because of Texas and Oklahoma. Kansas State has been in the Big Six, Big Seven, and Big Eight and Big Twelve for roughly 95 years. Don't tell them they don't belong. Stand up and be who you are. Thanks for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Thank you for Ryan Wallace for joining us via phone. We'll be back later in the week with a more traditional podcast. Zach is trying to talk me into one more overtime. We'll discuss, but we will have a regular questions podcast that we'll do later in the week. And you know what? There's going to be more Realignment. It might be a lot of realignment, but if you've got other questions, 
about K-State sports. Don't deal with this. Get into that thread. Ask your questions at Wabash Station. And the regular gang will all be back later in the week to answer those questions. We appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, new season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.